Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. This President's Day, we're going to take a California Report field trip. Lake Tahoe, nestled high in the mountains between California and Nevada, is one of America's great natural wonders. But the lake faces a variety of threats, some old, some new, that scientists have spent years studying. I recently got an invitation to see what Lake Tahoe science work looks like. Here's our story. On a bitter cold winter morning, I'm aboard a small research boat traveling toward the middle of Lake Tahoe as choppy waters hit the hull. Brant Allen is the boat's captain and a Tahoe researcher. We're heading out to one of our four buoys that we share with NASA Jet Propulsion Lab. As we make our way across the largest alpine lake in North America, we seem to have it and the panoramic views of the surrounding mountains pretty much to ourselves. And I just noticed, I mean, I don't see any other vessel out on the water right now. That's the uh, second most beautiful thing about winter. You get to enjoy it all by yourself. What's the first? The snow on the mountains and the scenery. A couple of miles offshore, we reach our destination, one of four big research buoys in the lake. NASA's using these buoys to very accurately measure the surface temperature of Lake Tahoe from space. The satellite-connected buoys are some of the newest tools being used to monitor the health of the lake by UC Davis's Tahoe Environmental Research Center. Scientists with the center have been studying Lake Tahoe since the late 1960s. And it's field work that doesn't need to stop for winter, because Tahoe, with an average depth of 1,000 feet, never freezes over. Jeffrey Schlado is the research center's director. And because Lake Tahoe doesn't freeze, it is a year-round operation. We're out here... 12 months a year, for some things, literally every week. Over the past half century of work, scientists have amassed huge amounts of data about Lake Tahoe's physics, chemistry, and biology. Schlato says because of factors like climate change and drought, he's seen big changes to the lake since he joined the research effort in the 1990s. Yeah, very different. And I know that it isn't just my eyes or my mind or imagination. I can go back and look at the data. What's changed? Uh, Well, the the iconic thing that Tahoe is known for um, is its clarity. 
Exceptional water clarity is what gives the lake its striking cobalt blue sheen. And clarity is also seen as a marker of the lake's health, says Brant Allen. Yeah, kind of our general pattern is that our clearest water is in the wintertime. But Tahoe's clarity has diminished in recent decades, from 100 feet to about 60 to 70 feet. To study changes to the lake's clarity, researchers regularly lower collection receptacles into the water to take samples of microscopic life called zooplankton. We're going to run our net down with the winch. A sample of Tahoe's water, collected more than 100 feet below the surface, looks like it's filled with bits of ground pepper, like paprika. Yes, that paprika is called diaptimus. It is one of our native zooplankton. Um, they have a red exoskeleton, carotenoids, like a, just like a lobster or a crayfish would. Maintaining a healthy population of this zooplankton is one key way to keep Tahoe's waters clear, says Alan. So the zooplankton, their food source is the algae that is out here in the lake. And algae is one of the factors that is clouding the lake and causing it to lose clarity. And these guys eat the algae. So they are our natural lake cleaners that live out here in the water. The algae is an old threat to Lake Tahoe, but there's a big new one. Massive wildfires that have burned through the Tahoe Basin in recent years. Jeffrey Schlatto says scientists are just starting to understand how smoke and soot from wildfires threaten both Lake Tahoe's ecology and the people who live in lakeside communities. The last few years with these mega fires we're having, visibility is terrible, things are falling into the lake. And are there days where you're getting air pollution levels that are kind of equal to a big urban area on some days? Oh, worse. Worse? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, air quality um, index values are five and 600. I mean, people are warned, don't go outside when it's 150. Decades into their work, researchers say there's still much more to be learned about Lake Tahoe and the risks it faces. Key to protecting Tahoe's health for future generations, says Schladau, is public education and support. After all, this lake is both a wilderness and a playground. We get something like 15 million visitors a year here. Uh, I mean, it's more than uh, Yosemite, Yellowstone, and Glacier combined. So it's, how do you, you can't really manage those people. We're not a national park where we can say you can't go here or there. This is, this is public land, private land. People can do as they please. If they do things in a responsible way, then I'm sure we can preserve those essential features that the ecosystem needs to survive. Schladau and his team released an annual State of the Lake report. The next one will be out in the coming months. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, 
and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. And we're going to stay on the topic of nature. A Bay Area Assembly member wants to increase access to California's public parks and beaches by overhauling the state's reservation system. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi explains. Assemblymember Rebecca Bauer-Cahan says the current system is outdated because people aren't penalized if they don't use the slots they've signed up for. So her bill would require the State Department of Parks and Recreation to try to deter late cancellations. By doing things like sending reminder emails and implementing protections to prevent consistent no-shows from making reservations. Popular sites are often booked up in minutes, months in advance. Bauer Cahan says that with no penalties in place, that often leaves families in the dark when trying to plan outdoor trips. For The California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi. And that's the California Report for this President's Day, Monday, February 20th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care. Now with 846 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.